you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I feel his presence in this place tonight. His presence is here. His power is here. His spirit is here. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, come on, there is liberty. And I feel liberty in the Holy Ghost in this place tonight. Uh, I don't know what God's going to do, but I believe that God is doing something. Uh, I believe that God is shaking uh, and quaking uh, and awakening us uh, in the name of Jesus. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We go to the word of the Lord, Luke chapter 6. Verse 21, and I keep saying it over and over again. I do have a gauge. It's over to my right. When they get there in their Bible, then we're all ready to go. Hallelujah. Luke 6 and 21. I preached on this subject just a week ago, this past Sunday, and God wouldn't let me get away from it when I was praying about tonight and all since then, even before then, it's been in my heart and my mind about hunger. And I just feel like we're there. We're stuck there for a moment. And as the church of God keeps hungering for more of God, there's miraculous things that are going to transpire in these last days. So here we go. Luke 6 and 21. I feel it in this place tonight. Blessed are ye that hunger now, for you shall be filled. Blessed are ye that weep now. For you shall laugh. And I want to focus on the first part of that verse. Blessed are ye that hunger now, for you shall be filled. God, we thank you tonight for your word. We know that your word is anointed. I pray that you would hide me under the shadow of your cross. Help me to say those things which are from you. And to hold back those things that are from me, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would speak to our hearts and to our minds, God, that you would let your word hit its intended target tonight and let us not only hear the word, but let us respond to the word, I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 You may be seated. It's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. I know our quizzes are away. and We had a great week last week. Amen. amen. Youth week was amazing. Anchored youth is on fire for Jesus. Amen. It's going to keep spreading. It's good to see Sister Henderson here tonight in the back row. God bless you. Tonight, for the sake of a title, I would title it this. A hunger for more. It's simple. A hunger for more. I just can't get that thought off of my mind about being hungry for the things of God, being thirsty for the things of God, wanting more of God in my life. Now, I know that we are living in a very dark age. We are living in a very dark time. And we are seeing things that we really have not ever experienced in our lifetime before. And again, there are now wars and rumors of wars and nations rising against nations, people against pe people, ethnos against ethnos, and governments rising up against governments and threatenings worldwide. We see all this happening before our eyes. Nations that are forming new allies with other nations that have never formed as an ally together before for preparation of, of combat against another nation. And in these last days, there is a full-on attack of the enemy on people's souls. We know that. The enemy's trying to totally de to destroy people's lives. The enemy is trying to come against our children at very young ages. We can look and we can see all the things that are happening and how he's trying to do that. The enemy's trying so hard to put the children and young people of this hour in a state of mind, of that state where there's just hopelessness, where they don't even want to live anymore. Amen. 
Across the world, it seems the enemy is trying to silence the voice of the next generation. There's so much confusion in so many young people in the world that they don't know who they are or what they are. They don't know how they identify. They've lost their identity, their God-given identity. Come on, it's wrong. This world's messed up when we have people in our own state that, I know we're online, but they put cat litter boxes. That's how far we've gotten as a society. Amen. We've lost our God-given identity. And I'm going to pause for a moment and say I'm glad that we have a, a youth group that's not lost their identity. Amen. I believe... Our anchored youth have not lost their identity. We've seen what God, how God's been using them all throughout last week. Many of you testified the night of miracles that God used them. And you wouldn't have received your miracle if they wouldn't have been obedient to God telling them what to do on Sunday night. So we're thankful for that. So I'm not talking about necessarily our young people. Though it may look dark and like a dark day to some people, Though it may seem as we are outmatched at times. Though it might look like to some that there is no hope at all. The one hope I believe that we must constantly remind ourselves of is this. Joel chapter 2 and verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Amen. It was so important that God allowed it to happen twice in the same book. Amen. God allowed in this book. Amen. He allowed it to happen twice. And that's why he said in Acts 2.17 all over again that was repeated in the New Testament. Amen. And it shall come to pass. You've got to get it. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Maybe this prophecy becomes just commonplace to us because we hear it so much. Maybe it's become common to some of us. I don't know. But I'm going to keep declaring it over and over and over again until my children have realized this promise in their life. Until I see it come to pass in their lives and in your children's lives. We're going to keep declaring and saying, it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. Our sons and our daughters shall prophesy. It's going to come to pass. Don't let it become a common word. But begin to declare it over and over and over. Speak it every day. I want to speak this. I speak this daily. Speak it over and over and over again. It's going to come to pass. It's going to happen. It doesn't matter what the enemy's saying it is right now. It doesn't matter how people identify right now. What matters is what Jesus says. It shall come to pass in the last days. We must hang on to this promise. The enemy may want you to think, and he does want you to think, the church is spiraling down with the world. That we're just going to hell in a handbasket. And we're going to fade off into the night, just like everything else seems to be. But may I remind you of Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. The words of Jesus where he says, And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock 
I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Come on. We know who that rock is. He said, I will build my church. The church was built upon a solid rock. Christ Jesus as the foundation. Amen. We're on a solid foundation. We're on a firm foundation. We're on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And if we stand firm on that solid rock, there's no hell going to take you or I out. And we'll believe and trust God because the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Every attack of hell is thwarted because of the foundation that we stand upon. I believe the apostolic church has been awakened. There's been an awakening happening. If you can't see it all around you, there's been an awakening in the spirit. We are not asleep. God is raising up a generation. Amen. He's raising up a people and he's putting us up upon a platform. This apostolic movement, we're not going to be somewhere in the background. We're not going to be hidden in the shadows. But God is going to take, you hear me right now, God is going to take every apostolic and he's going to put them to the forefront because in this last day, his spirit will be poured out upon all flesh. In this last day, there will be revelation of one God. In this last day, there will be a revelation of the mighty God in Christ. Amen. And going down in the waters of baptism. In this last day, you will see, amen, people believe that it's necessary to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. That repentance is a daily thing. God's going to reveal these things in the last day. And he's going to use the apostolics. I believe it. God is ready to send forth his people with a demonstration of miracle signs and wonders. And as our hunger grows deeper for God, I tell you in the Holy Ghost, we are going to see the greatest harvest that we have ever realized in all of time, in all of history. It's going to be the greatest harvest. We will see an outpouring of God's Spirit that's even greater than was ever recorded altogether in the book of Acts. We're going to see it with our own eyes. I believe in the Holy Ghost. We're going to see this great harvest. It's going to happen. Matter of fact, last night I was on a phone call where we were, we were already believing and decreeing together and declaring together that in just three days we would see 40,000 people filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on, it's going to happen. And it doesn't just have to be overseas. What we've seen happen over there, God is ready to do here. I've seen it by the thousands, but I believe what I've seen so far is just a drop in the bucket for what God wants to do. I'm not satisfied with what I've seen. I hope that you're not satisfied with what you've seen. But we're believing God for so much more. We can see in Scripture where the church has always strived and the church has always gone forward through difficult times. It's always been that way. This is supposed to be a Bible study, so I better slow down a little bit. <laughs> Acts chapter 8, when Saul was consenting unto the death of Christians, there was great persecution that came against the church. It was a very difficult time in history. Amen? The church was scattered abroad. Now we read in Acts chapter 8 and verse 4. Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching his word. In the middle of the greatest of persecutions, the greatest persecution they had faced up to that point, they went everywhere preaching the word. I'm telling you, you can't stop this word of God. It's going to be preached in all nations. It's in the difficult times that God causes the church to rise up. 
And the church has always, and I believe will always, spread and grow during tumultuous times. There is no enemy in hell. There is no demonic spirit or force that can come against us. There is no government, no nation that has the ability to, or the power to hold back the growth of the church of the Almighty God. It's impossible. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 1 and verse 1 says, Now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river of Chabar, that the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. Here the prophet was amongst the captives. And as Ezekiel was held there and in captivity, a place he really didn't want to be, God said to him, even though, Ezekiel, you're in captivity, captivity, even though it might seem like there was no exit from your captivity. But God said, Ezekiel, in the middle of your persecution, in the middle of your difficulties, I will open up the heavens and I will cause you to see visions of me, God said. And I believe in the Holy Ghost that God is opening up the heavens for the greatest outpouring of the baptism of the Holy Ghost known to mankind. God is doing that in this hour. It may look bleak a, a lot of ways around us, but God, you've got a hearing right now, in the Spirit, God is opening up the heavens for a great outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And God is responding to the hunger of mankind, not just here, but globally, God is responding to the hunger of all of mankind. I'm going to tell you some stories to back that up. I recently heard a testimony of an apostolic preacher who goes in and out of China. He said that in the country of China, we know this, there is great persecution and an onslaught of the enemy against every believer that is there. He talked about how everything you do is monitored. You can't do nothing without being monitored in China. However, it's been reported by this guy that even in the middle of the persecution, the apostolic underground church in China listen to this, is seeing 15,000 to 20,000 people a day filled with a baptism of the Holy Ghost. Can you wrap your mind around that for a minute? 15 to 20,000 people a day filled with a baptism of the Holy Ghost. Tell me that's not an outpouring. You might not see it where you're at right now, but it's fixing to happen where you're at. You let your faith rise up a little bit right now and realize that if God can do it in a situation like that, if God can do it for an underground church, if God can do it for a church that has to go behind the scenes and reach people in different ways, how could God do it if we let our light shine out on the street, if we get out there as Peter and John did and say silver and gold have I none but what I have I give to you right now if we go out there with faith believing I believe the same thing no 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 no. I believe more than that I believe that if Peter and John could walk by in the shadow of Peter and John could heal people what more could God do because I don't just believe for what has happened I believe for what God can do the greater things that God said he could do so if it could happen with a shadow how else could God do it Maybe just with a glance. I don't know. But I know God is ready to do greater. Ready to do bigger. So let our faith be increased. The underground church in China is not being held hostage by the persecution. But they are stepping out and doing what they are called to do. 
The underground church today is experiencing one of the greatest growths that has ever been witnessed ever before in history. I recently heard a report from a good friend of mine of how God is reaching into Muslim nations that have seemed untouchable, that have seemed like there's no way to get into them. But he said that God has been reports that God is sending angels and people are having God-given dreams that are leading people to truth, that are hungry for him and for more of him. Does the word of God not say in Hebrews chapter 1 and 14 that, and they, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? It's the word of God. We either believe it or we don't believe it. But I believe that God in this hour, in this generation, oh, I'm excited, in this generation that God is sending forth angels. And I'm praying in the Holy Ghost to my loved ones, God. I'm praying, God, that you would send forth your angels even now in the name of Jesus to every hungry heart, every devoted Christian, God, in the name of Jesus, that more truth would be revealed to them in the mighty name of Jesus. Give them dreams in the night, oh God. Oh, hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost here. I believe we're living in the day where God has released angels in a great way to prepare the hearts of men and women who are hungry for truth. We read in Acts chapter 10, Cornelius, you know the story of Cornelius, right? What happened? Was it not an angel that came to him and told him what he had to do? To be converted, who he had to go see? Read your Bible. Am I right? Why wouldn't God do it today? Does Hebrews not declare that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? He either is or he isn't. What do we believe? I believe that God has released angels to help and to assist us. That we may see the greatest revival that we have ever imagined in our mind and that has ever been seen in all of history. That's what I believe. Does anybody believe with me? Isaiah chapter 43. I don't intend to be a long time tonight. Isaiah 43. If you know, you know. 18 and 19. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. I feel the Holy Ghost saying this all over again to us. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now shall it spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God's telling us, I believe in the Holy Ghost, that he is ready to do a new thing. I believe in the Holy Ghost that God is saying now, right now, in this time, not another 20 years, not another 20 months, not another 20 hours. God is saying right now, in this moment, in this time, I am ready to make it come forth. But here's the deal. Do we even know what God's trying to do? Are we even hungry for what God is trying to do? He said, I will even make a way in the wilderness. Open up your mindset. He's able to do exceeding above. You can get your grandest thing that you think that God can do, and God's going to blow your mind with that. Amen. 
He's ready to do it, to make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I believe in the Holy Ghost that God's ready to do these things. There's a new thing that God is doing in the earth right now, and it is springing forth. I believe there's a hunger in the church to be apostolic, and God is honoring that hunger in this hour. I think I know about you, but I know for myself that I want to be apostolic in everything that I do. I want to be apostolic in ministry. I want to be apostolic with my lifestyle, with my conversation. I want to be apostolic. Amen. With my prayer life, I want to be apostolic. I even want to be apostolic in my finances and in my giving. I want every piece of me to be apostolic. God, everything that I do is my prayer saying, God, I want to be apostolic. I want to be the real deal, not for my sake, but so that a lost and dying world would be drawn to Christ, so they would see the power of the cross in a greater way. And I believe that God is placing a hunger deep inside of us to be apostolic in every area of our lives. You know what apostolic means? Belonging or relating to the early followers of Christ, Christ into their teachings. Following after the apostles' doctrine. And when you look through the book of Acts, you see the early church was apostolic in identity. They were untainted by the things of the world. They were apostolic in their mission. And their mission was to reach the whole world. It wasn't exclusive, but it was to reach the whole world. They were apostolic in doing their very best to reach the lost. And every single day, they were looking for those that were hungry. They were looking for those who were broken. They were looking for those that were in need. And when they found them, they didn't just leave them by the wayside, but they ministered to them with apostolic ministry. There was an apostolic demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Signs and wonders and miracles confirmed the word of God. It's the same way today it should be. They were apostolic in doctrine. They preached one message with the Old Testament as the foundation and the New Testament was its fulfillment. They walked in faith. They had great faith and it was necessary for the time that they lived in for them to walk in great faith. It's necessary for us too. They were sent out as sheep among wolves. And as they came into contact with the dangers that they came in contact with, they knew that God was with them. Oh, you can know tonight that God is with you. If you'll step out in faith, God is with you. They knew that they were anointed for that time. They knew that they were called of God for that moment. They knew that they had a mission from God. They knew that they had a God-given purpose. And they went forth and brought about a great harvest that we still talk about today on a regular basis. We want to talk about Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19, so on and so forth. And we see from the beginning of the book of Acts of the Apostles, it was laid out for us how the church should operate. We see that it all came about from men and women of God who were hungry for more of God. And they displayed great faith in God, and because of that, they saw God do many great and mighty things. And wonderful things. And I believe tonight that God is going to give more to those that are hungry for more. I believe that in the Holy Ghost. 
title was simple, Hunger for More. I believe that if you're hungering for more of God, if you're hungering for God to use you in a greater way, that before you leave this place, if you'll let your hunger out, if you'll come and pour yourself out to God, that God is going to do exactly that. He's going to honor that hunger. Many of us have prayed that God would give us the results of the early church. We prayed for 3,000 and we prayed for 5,000. And we all want to see the miracles that Peter and John saw. And I want to see those things. I want to see the things that Paul was recorded of Paul and of others in the book of Acts. But I also believe, amen, that there's a hunger that God is placing in us that's greater than that. We must let that hunger bring us to a place where we believe that God would use us for things that have never been done in the word of God. Come on. I'm thankful for our beginnings. I'm thankful for where God started this whole thing at. But we must not be satisfied with only the outpourings and the miracles that have been recorded in Scripture. It got quiet in here. I don't want to be satisfied with that. Did God not say in the last days that the latter rain and the former rain would be poured out together? Did he not say that? Did he not say that the, the latter house would be greater than the former house? Is that not the word of God? Don't get me wrong. We must maintain the doctrine of the apostles. We must be apostolic in all those ways. We must be sold out and committed to that. That's not up for debate. That's not what I'm talking about tonight. But we must also have an ever-increasing faith and an ever-increasing hunger inside of us for the greater things of God. Are we only going to believe for what God has done in the past? Or will we choose tonight to believe for greater things? Come on. In Jesus' name. got to love it when you're on an iPad and it messes up. I'm believing God for greater things. How about you? I'm believing God for the greatest outpouring that humanity has ever seen. I believe it's the will of God. Because he said in his word, it's not his will that any should perish. And if it's not the will of God for any, any to perish, then why wouldn't he pour his spirit out in a great way in these last days? We must not limit our faith to what we have seen God do already, but we must think bigger. We must not allow ourselves to become a people of the past. When we start looking to past things, say, well, I believe God can do that because God did it in the Bible. God did it. I've seen God. Okay, I've heard this story. I believe God can do that. I believe that we become a people of the past when we start looking to the past constantly and not believe in God for greater things in the future. God hasn't called, hasn't called us to be a people of the past. God has called us to be a people of the present. And declaring things in the future. Not a people of the past. And we know that scripture even says that, that God is the God of the living. Well, he's the God of the now. The early church was not facing the exact same things that we are right now, so how can we compare ourselves with the early church? We need to have a demonstration and a hunger for God 
Amen. And a walk with God and a walk of faith that surpasses what we read about in the book of Acts because we live in a much different day. And I know that we're going to see greater things than they ever experienced. Or so I'm not belittling what happened. I'm excited about what happened in the book of Acts. That just tells me that we're going to see more. With my own eyes, I've seen more. You've heard me tell the story time and time again. I've seen more buildings recorded in the book of Acts at one time. In the book of Acts, the greatest amount recorded was 5,000 people. I have seen 7,000 people in one service filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But I am not satisfied with seeing 7,000 people in one service with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And let me tell you, in August, when we see 40,000 filled, amen, in three services with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I will not be satisfied with seeing 40,000 people in one weekend with the Holy Ghost because if God tarries that's not where God wants to leave us he wants us to grow he wants us to continue to hunger after righteousness and as we continue to walk after him and hunger for more of him he'll continue to show us his will and his great mighty signs and wonders in a greater way amen we must not limit our faith to the past hallelujah We are going to see greater things, I know, in the Holy Ghost than was ever written about in Scripture. And I've been praying. It was our theme last week, somewhat. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. (laughs) There's no lost in heaven. God, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. I know some people are going to make the wrong choice, but I can still pray and believe with great faith, believing that God is going to to save billions of people. There is no cancer in heaven, so I say, Lord, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. I'm sick of cancer. I'm sick of loved ones getting cancer. There's no death in heaven. So I say, God, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Come on, think big. Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2. It says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. I want you to notice something. Nothing changed. The Spirit was there. It was moving upon the face of the waters, but nothing changed until God spoke and said, let there be light. And I believe that we can learn from this passage tonight and see that it takes a voice. It takes somebody speaking out. It takes somebody to declare the word of of the Lord to make something happen. The spirit of God is there, but somebody's going to stand up in this generation and somebody has got to speak. Thus saith the Lord. If you've been born of the water and the spirit, and you have the spirit of God living inside of you, you know this, but wherever you go, the spirit of God is moving and going with you. It's no different than what was declared at the beginning of time. I feel the Holy Ghost so strong right now, and I believe that God is waiting on some apostolics to begin to declare what he is going to do wherever they go, to begin to speak it and declare it and prophesy it. His Spirit's with us. 
And he's moving where we're going into every circumstance, into every life, into every individual. And God is just waiting for an ambassador of Christ to stand up and speak what says the Lord God Almighty in Walmart, at the gas station. Wherever you, there's hungry people wherever you go these days. I, I find hungry people. I can't even walk in talking to a friend about the Lord. Amen. In Walmart before I run into four people and say, excuse me just for a minute. Uh, this happened yesterday, matter of fact. Excuse me for just a minute. Uh, I need to talk to somebody about the Lord for a minute. Hey, how you doing? It's good to see you. God bless you. How, how's life been? How's things going? And we begin to talk about coming back to church and the things of God. There's hungry people everywhere that you go. We've just got to speak out. Amen. God's leading you and guiding you. And he's waiting for you to declare healing over their lives. Not in these walls. We see it all the time in these walls, but God just does it inside these walls, I believe, to propel us to take it outside of these walls. Because when I read my Bible, when I look in the book of Acts, I don't see any miracles in the house of God. I see them going back to the house of God and giving praise, but I don't see the miracles happen inside the house of God. I see them happening on the streets. I see them happening outside the four walls. And I believe that God is calling his church to go forth and speak and declare healing outside these walls. Declare deliverance outside these walls. Declare breakthrough outside these walls. Declare revelation outside these walls. Declare the power of the Holy Ghost outside of these walls. God's ready. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I know that you are because you're the Wednesday night crowd. Amen. And you're hungry and you're thirsty for more of God. And we're going to see these things. We already are to some extent. But it's time for us to declare what God is going to do in these different situations that we come in day by day into people's lives. Stop letting the enemy declare what he's going to do. You have the power of the Spirit and God is just waiting. You hear me right now. God is just waiting for you to speak out and declare the word of the Lord over that situation. How hungry are we for the things of God? Are we willing to stretch our faith a little further? Beyond the borders of what's written in Scripture? Are you willing to stretch your faith beyond the borders of Scripture? Amen. Beyond the borders of what your mind can comprehend, what's already been written? Some of us have been praying that God would convert entire churches. Why not? I often find myself when I drive by a church that's phenomenal. We're online. God bless you all. But I'll say, God... Let full revelation come to that building. Let every individual in that place have full revelation of who you are. Let them know the necessity of being baptized in the name of Jesus. Let them know the necessity of the infilling of your spirit. Why not? It's not just for this church to grow, although we believe that God is doing that, but it's for the kingdom of God to grow. Come on, why can't we agree that our faith is big enough that God could convert entire churches? Come on, we're seeing revivals happen across campuses. And some of us can point fingers and say, oh, that's not a real move of God. But then we'd probably point a finger if we lived in the day of Azusa Street or Topeka, Kansas. Amen. Good job, preacher. Don't discount. 
what God is doing. God is doing a new thing. God is doing a great and mighty thing. God is doing things that will blow our minds if we'll just tap into what God is trying to do and we're hungry for it. We're going to see greater. So I'm believing God for entire churches. I know that you are as well. Is there anything too hard for God? Why not an entire denomination? Why not? Why shouldn't we pray that God would send forth his ministering angels to prepare churches and organizations so that entire churches and organizations would be converted to the apostolic faith? Why shouldn't we pray that way? I'm praying for that. And I'm believing God for that. And you know what? I'm not just praying frivolously. I'm expecting God to do it. One of my good friends, Joshua Risar. Many of you know who he is. He's been here and preached a few times. Keep him in your prayers. He's currently in some Asian countries preaching the gospel for the next several months and his entire family. But uh, he told me a story of how he was on the evangelistic field. And while he was in Texas, he received a phone call while he was in prayer. He answers his phone in prayer. I, we often say, put your phone somewhere else. But anyway, he answered his phone while he was in prayer. And the man said, is this Josh Resar? He said, yeah. Yeah, it is. He said, it was a high school friend who he'd lost contact with, whose dad was a pastor of a denominational church in Canada. And he got his contact. He'd been looking for him. And he actually got a hold of Brother Josh's mom and she gave him his phone number he said I've heard of your conversion and we noticed that you were preaching at this church in Ontario called Extraordinary Church he said every time you preach at that church we stream it to our church he said we just had a meeting with the board and my dad who was a pastor and we all voted unanimously and we want you to come and preach to our church. Amen. Brother Reesar said, before I committed to going, he said, I told the man, before I commit to coming, I want you to know what I'm about, and I want you to know what I'm going to preach. He said, uh, if you have me come, I will preach on the oneness of God. He said, I will preach on the absolute necessity of a new birth. And I will preach about the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And his friend said, Josh, we already know what you believe. We want you to come and preach it all to us. And at the end of last April sometime, he went for the first time and he preached in that church. And when he got close, he said to the time of him going, he was thinking it was just going to be like a Sunday morning thing and, you know, one and done, gone. So he said, I just figured I'd call and just check in with them and see what they were expecting of me. So he said, when he called, they expressed that, oh no, it's not just a morning thing. Uh, we thought, we, we wanted you to come Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, and Sunday night. And they expressed the reason why they wanted him to come is because they wanted him to preach all of it to them. 
And that weekend, nine people were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost when he began to preach from the unadulterated Word of God. Amen. And when he preached on the oneness of God on a Sunday morning, he said the pastor was the first one in the altar weeping and crying out to God. Amen. At the end of the revival, the pastor said, Josh, he said, I desired to see what I read about in the book of Acts come alive to me. He said, Josh, this weekend, I've seen it all come alive inside of me. He said, Josh, I don't want this to end. I want you to come back. And I want you to continue this. I want this to be in our entire church. And I tell you that story because God is no respecter of persons. And what he did for one, he will do for another. And he's not stopped working that way. God is ready to come alive to all kinds of different denominations. God is ready to come alive to all kinds of different pastors. And I tell you in the Holy Ghost that many of us have been put in contact with pastors already. And it's not by accident that I have meetings even this month with a pastor. I believe in the Holy Ghost that God is working, that God is drawing, that God is leading every one of them into full truth. He's no respecter of persons. If we are hungry and thirsty for more of God, he's going to bring it to pass because God is ready to do a new thing. And we need to expect, we need to expect what we have never seen before. We need to expect what we have never heard of before. I believe it's time for the army of God to activate. Mr. Amy, you can come give them hope for a moment. 2 Kings chapter 7. The story recorded there, verse 3. Start there. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. And they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? And if we say we'll enter into the city, then the famine is in the city. And we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore come and let us fall under the host of the Syrians. And if they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. It's that simple. And they arose up in the twilight to go under the camp of the Syrians and when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the hosts of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the king of the Hittites and the king of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight. And left their tents and their horses and their donkeys and even the camp as it was and fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it and come again and entered in and came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. Then they said one to another, we do not well. 
This day is a day of good tidings. And we hold our peace. And if we tarry till the morning light, some mischief may come upon us. Now, therefore, come that we may go and tell the king's household. In this story, we simply see that it was hunger that drove them to action. It was their hunger that drove them to action. I'm praying the Holy Ghost, somebody's hunger tonight is going to drive you to actions that you've never taken before. Because you know that apathy will destroy your appetite for God. I think I said this last time I preached on hunger. But if you ignore the hunger pains for too long in the natural body, after a while, your body begins to just forget about things and you'll eventually die. It works no different in the spirit. If you ignore the hunger that God is putting in your life, the hunger for more things of God, and you just keep ignoring it and putting God on pause and putting God on hold, eventually that hunger is going to die off. And eventually, God forbid, you may even lose out with God. Psalms 107 and 9 says, For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul. Just yesterday, I was visiting some people in the hospital. One particular person, I went there because he wanted to receive the Holy Ghost. And we were praying. I won't mention his name, but we were praying. I believe God is touching him. Amen. He's very sensitive to the Lord right now. But I began to share with him stories about people receiving the Holy Ghost by the thousands and by twenties and by ones. Some of the stories that you've heard. Just trying to build his faith for what God was going to do. And I shared one story that I've shared with you about the two Brazilian boys. How when one was filled with the Holy Ghost, he began to speak in English, perfect English, saying, speak forth in Jesus' name, speak forth in Jesus' name, speak forth in Jesus' name. And the little Brazilian boy that he was praying with was mute. And for the first time, began to speak in his own language. And I was sharing that story with him. And about the time I got done, this voice from the other side of the curtain that I could not see said, that was a good report. Yes, it was. And I kept telling some stories. Because I knew that faith was building not just in one person, but it was building in somebody else. And as I continue to tell some stories, I hear from the other side of the curtain, Hey, pastor, when you're done, uh, would you mind to come and talk with me? I said, I sure will. So we wrapped up, and I told the person I was with, I said, we had prayed together for a bit. And I said, I'll come back and tell you goodbye. I'm going to go over here and just fellowship with this man for a minute and get to meet him. It was his brand new roommate. And I walked in there, began to pray, began to talk to him, and we began to converse back and forth with what was going on in his body. He's a man that has faith. And I said, sir, would you mind if I prayed with you? And he said, Sure. Now, you talked about some other scriptures, but I came prepared. I said, I didn't pull this size bottle out, but I got a little bottle in my pocket. I said, I came prepared. Do you believe what James says about calling for the elders of the church and being anointed with, anointed with oil and the prayer of faith shall save the sick? I do. I said, well, here we go. 
I believe that God's going to heal your body. And God's going to take the cancer out of your body. Right now, we're going to pray and we're going to believe it. And we begin to pray and rebuke that cancer in Jesus' name. And I told him, I said, sir, I believe God is going to give you a sign. The sign that God is going to give you is you're going to feel it like warm oil starting at the top of your head. It's going to go down over your neck and down over your back and shoulders. Amen. And you're going to know that God is doing something in you. And as we begin to pray, all of a sudden I felt it. And I said, sir, do you feel that right now? Do you feel that warmth beginning to flow through? He said, I do. I feel that warmth. And as we begin to pray, amen, I begin to speak in tongues. And he began to speak in tongues. You can't tell me that there is not hunger in this earth. There is hunger wherever we we go we just gotta be willing to step out and walk in the will of God to declare the word of God to speak the word of God to know that God is guiding our footsteps that God is directing us and as we're hungry and as we're thirsty it's not just for us but it's for everybody that wants to be filled God is leading us to them and he's using us we prayed for him tonight on our prayer list The world is hungry for more of God. Here's where it lies right here, and I promise this is the end. 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, I know it was written for a different people, but it was written to us too because we were grafted in. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land that's why you're feeling what you're feeling right now because we are living in the last days and that's why even while the song is going forth people are feeling compelled to come up and bow down before the Lord and begin to praise him because there's a hunger in the earth and there's a hunger in our souls and we're saying God we're not just satisfied with the ordinary we're not satisfied where we've been we're not satisfied with what we've seen but God we believe there are greater things that are just ahead we believe there are greater things that are here now Anybody believe what I'm preaching tonight? I feel the Holy Ghost is strong in this place. God is dealing with hearts right now. You're waiting for me to say something different, but I just got in my truck today and I said, God, I'm hungry. And that's all the words that I got out. And I just began to burst out in tears and cry. I didn't even know exactly that was what I was going to preach tonight, for sure, to be honest with you. But as I said that, I said, God, I'm hungry for more of you. And when I did that, I just broke down in tears and began to worship him and praise him in the truck because I know that we're living in a peculiar day. And it's not just for a Sunday. It's not just for a Wednesday, but it's for every day of the week outside these walls. And God is waiting. He's saying to the church, are you hungry for what I'm ready to pour out? You hear me right now. Are you hungry for what I'm ready to pour out? Are you hungry? And God is just waiting for a response from his people who are called by his name, that mighty name of Jesus. He said in his word in John 15 and 16 that you've not chosen him, but he has chosen you. You've been called by the Lord. You find your identity in him. You're not having an identity crisis right now in the name of Jesus, but you're saying, I'm hungry, God. I want more of you. I realize that I am an ambassador of Christ. I realize that there is a new thing that you're ready to do. So God, as we turn... As we humble ourselves before you, as we pray, 
why something's shifting and shaking right now. When young people begin to pray for two hours after a sermon, that's why something begins to shift and shake in the spirit world. When people don't just have a five-minute altar call, I think the average for altar call is somewhere around seven minutes in the church world. When we get past that and say, God, it's not about time, but it's about getting to your presence. It's about being hungry for you. It's about a lost world. That's when miracle signs and wonders begin to transpire, not just in this house, but outside this house. That's when as we're wheeling people down the hospital corridors, amen, that God is a miracle and somebody gets up out of their wheelchair and they're healed in the mighty name of Jesus. When his people, which are called by his name, humble themselves and pray and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways, that's when the Lord said he would hear from heaven. That's when he said he would forgive sin. That's when he said he would heal our land, and our land needs a healing now. Deal with this message what you will. But I would ask you this. If you're hungry and thirsty for more of God, if you hunger for more of him, can we just leave at least this altar area as a holy place? Let's keep just conversation with God down here in the front in this altar area. Let's keep this as a holy place and let's just see if we can contact with God just for a few moments. Let's see if we can go to a new height than God just for a few moments. Let's see what God will do in our lives for the next few moments as we hunger for more of Him. We hunger for righteousness. We hunger for the things of God and we pray and stand in the gap for a generation that needs it so badly. Let it not be said of us, O God, that there was nobody to stand in the gap for our generation. I don't know what you came expecting tonight, but on this Wednesday night, I believe God is asking us again. Are you hungry for more? And if you are, would you respond however God tells you to respond right now in the spirit? Either by coming down to this altar or sitting where you are right now, would you respond to the Lord? Say, God, I'm listening. God, I hear you. God, I hear your voice. And God, I'm hungry. I want my hunger to outmatch the hunger of the world that I live in. God, I'm hungry for more of you. I want to see things greater than I've ever seen before. God, I want to see it with my own eyes. I don't just want to hear the stories of missionaries. God, I don't just want to hear the stories of pastor. I don't want to just hear the stories, God, of others. God, I know they're great to hear, but God, I want to experience it for myself, not just for my glory, but for the glory of the kingdom of God so I can testify of the goodness of God. I hunger and thirst for you, Jesus. I hunger for more. In the name of Jesus. 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 I wonder if we have the hunger to, to outmatch the hunger of our world. I wonder if we can think like this. I know we pack this building out over Easter weekend with a Messiah drama. We pack it out. But what would happen if we prayed and sought God and in the middle of that drama, nobody made it up, nobody planned it, but all of a sudden the power of the Lord hit this place and went from front to back, from side to side, and the drama got all messed up and the whole entire place was filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. What 
would that happen? What would be? What would that be like? What could, could we imagine that? Can we fathom that in our minds? Because God, if God is able to do that in a crowd of 14,000 people, I think it would be easy for God to do it in a crowd of 500 people. People who are touched by the passion of Christ. People who see what God had done for them and what he, the blood that was shed for them and all of a sudden something just hits them and they begin to shake and quake under the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm not just trying to speak fairy tales here. I'm trying to get into our minds what God can do in this last day, in this last hour because it's His will that none should perish. Oh, Jesus, we hear your voice. We hear your voice. Your voice is clearly speaking into our ears right now. And we hear the voice of God speaking. And God, we're not just going to hear and do nothing with what we hear. But God, I'm willing to step out with thus what you say to me, God. I'm willing to step out and speak and declare the words of the Lord that have been put in my mind for a certain person, for a certain moment, for a certain time. God, in Jesus' name, I know that you're ordering our, ordering our steps. I know that you are directing our steps. I know that you're with us. I know that you're for us. I know, God, that you are doing great and mighty things. And we thank you, Jesus, that you've chosen us for this hour. You've chosen us for this moment. We believe you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come sing something. Hallelujah, Jesus. There's a hunger growing in us, God. There's a hunger growing in us, oh God. I'm telling somebody right now about the time that you shout out to God and say, God, I'm hungry for more. You're going to feel something like you've not felt in a long time. It's going to shoot down through you. You're going to feel the power of the Holy Ghost to shoot down through you. And God's going to confirm to you by his presence that he's ready to help you execute that which you want to see happen for his glory in your life. Anybody believe what I'm saying? I want somebody right now maybe that's been going through a dry spell even, but there's still a hunger in your heart that we're willing to cry out and say, God, I'm hungry for more. I'm hungry for more. 